0: Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast, where each week you will hear topics related to women of faith and entrepreneurship who are cultivating lives of impact that will one day lead to a legacy. My name is Shelly Tyson, and I will be your host each week as we chat with other women who are navigating business, faith, parenthood, and a lot of other topics that relate to building lives that glorify God and serve others abundantly. I hope you enjoy today's episode and are encouraged as you intentionally choose to live a life of impact. That will one day lead to a legacy impacting generations to come hello everybody welcome back to the podcast it is season three january 2022 if you are listening to this when it launches and i am so excited about a new year a new podcast season and more importantly excited about today's topic because when cultivate first started The biggest reason that I felt like God was leading me to start Cultivate was because I wanted to bring awareness to the fact that when we put our foundation and our focus on our relationship with God, everything else is an outflow from that. And so my guest today is Sarah Stapleton. So excited to talk about this topic of getting into God's word and allowing the rest of our lives to flow from that. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Thank you, Shelley. I am so excited to be here. You know that I think you are amazing and I respect you and just appreciate the work that you do so much. So the fact that I can come on here and talk about my passion, which is getting people to love the word of God uh, so that their lives can flow from that is such an honor. And I'm so excited to talk to you.
0: Y'all, Sarah is amazing. She is a wife to a cattle farmer, and she also is a mom of three, and she is the head of coaches for Guide Culture. But more importantly, and what she just touched on, was her biggest passion is teaching people how to love the Word of God and really how to learn to study it confidently. Um, and that is what we're going to get into today. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about how this passion began to come for you. Was it something that you've always had? How did that come about for you? It's definitely not
1: something that I've always had. You know, I grew up kind of what they call a pew baby. I was just always in church from the time I can remember. And I've always loved church. I've always loved Jesus, but I really didn't have a love for God's word until about 10 or 12 years ago. And I was in a season of my life where I had transitioned from working outside the home to being back at home full time. And I had two kids in school and I had a toddler. My youngest was two. And I just inside kept feeling this desire to really get into God's word. You I know, all my life, I'd been on a surface level of, you know, cherry picking verses from here and there doing a devotion. And I I had no idea about the broader picture of the Bible, the, you know, what I call the 30,000 foot view. I had no idea how it all fit together. And just my heart kept saying, like, you need to figure this out. You need to figure this out. But it was so overwhelming to me. And God is so gracious and so kind, and he brings the right people into our lives at just the right time. And that is exactly what he did for me. And he brought a woman into my life that I had known for years. Funny story. She was actually our landlord when Jeremy and I first got married, but she was in a season of life where she had littles. We were going different directions. I was still in college. Jeremy was working out of town and we were like two ships passing in the night and we never really developed a friendship or any sort of relationship other than I would walk over once a month and pay the rent. But she was doing a Bible study with her sisters and her mom and a couple of friends. And the Lord would not putting my name in her head. of Like you've got to invite Sarah. And so she did. She just got up the courage one day to reach out to me and say, Hey, I'm doing this thing. It's all on email. It's kind of weird. This was before like zoom and we had all these things that we have now. And she said, I, I know that like we're, you know, we don't have much of a relationship. We just kind of are acquaintances, but the Lord will not stop, you know, telling me that I need to invite you. And it was exactly what I needed, Shelly. I just needed someone to go on the journey with me and show me how that was the other thing. Like I had never been shown how to go beyond the surface of the Bible. No one had taught me how to read it with the intent of like getting something out of it other than. I think in the years prior, like I had been taught the Bible was kind of like a self-help guide. Like you get out of it, what, what you want. And, and what I really wanted to know was I wanted to get into it so that I could know God. And I didn't know how to do that. And she came along and we just started kind of doing it together. And as we progressed through that, her sisters and mom were kind of done at the time and we wanted to keep going. So we found ways to keep going. And so far we together the two of us have been in it from the beginning. Uh, we've added other people along the way, but we have studied through the entire New Testament, and we then we went back to Genesis, and we just finished up Chronicles, uh, and we're taking a break over Christmas, and then we'll go back in. and I think by the time we finish the Bible, we'll have spent ten years dissecting every book of the Bible,
0: and so we're about wow. three years from our completion date. That is incredible. And so when you first started, when she introduced you to, hey, this is a study. This is a way for you to dig in, maybe see kind of the bigger picture. And at that moment in time, in that season of life, that was a pretty busy season for you. So how did you make all of that work? Because that can be really daunting if you don't have lots of time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Busy season for sure. You know, I had a toddler, I think my youngest or the middle was in kindergarten and the other one was in second grade. So there was a lot and Of course, you know, I was back home with the intent of helping on the ranch. So definitely a lot going on, uh, having a plan helped a A lot, You know, we had a plan of what we were going to study every month and we had it broken into each week of how we were going to approach it systematically. And I know that you're talking about, or you were talking about systems in December. You're talking about it right now while we're recording the episode. And so having that system of how we were going to approach it was super helpful because then when I did have the time. And I also, you know, that saying like we prioritize the things that are important to us, this was important to me. And so there were days where laundry didn't get done, you know, rooms were messy, beds weren't made, but I was getting my Bible study done because it was important to me. And I had to just kind of shift my mindset of like, it's okay. Because the other thing you have to remember when you're really want to dig into the word, the time you spend, whether it's an hour, whether it's two hours, that impacts eternity for you. And whereas the time, you know, we spend mopping the floors or vacuuming or whatever, that's temporary. And, and Bible study time is eternal. And you have to really shift your mindset to think that. So it was having a plan and it was prioritizing things that really made a difference for me.
0: I love the alliteration plan and prepare. I mean, those, those two things I think are massive because you're right. There are so many things on our plate. And when we go to study the word of God, maybe even apart from a devotional, because I know that a lot of times it's like, well, I am doing a devotional, but I really do want to dig in to the actual word of God. Where do I start? Having that plan can be massive. So as you are beginning to execute this plan, really kind of change your priorities. It sounds like in a lot of ways to make this a main priority. What were some of the ripple effects that you begin to see in other areas of your life? I mean, obviously the laundry didn't do itself, but what were some of the maybe benefits that you saw from making this a main priority for yourself?
1: Yeah. I I've heard you say it and I've seen it in some of your social media that like God can multiply our time. And I had never heard that before, but my friend whose name is Melanie, she had told me that one time I was really kind of, I think everything was piling on and I was really frustrated and struggling. And she, she said that to me, you know, if you just will, set aside that time god will multiply your time and you will have the time to get everything done that you need to get done and i i remember thinking like like god's not gonna make 26 hours in a day you know right. uh, but somehow he does something supernatural that allows you to get all the things done that you need to do and so i always love when you talk about that or you post it because it really is true and i can't explain it to you i i have no idea how it happens But I experienced it um, time and time again. And and still at times I have to, you know, I'm in a different busy season. Now my kids are 18, 15, and 12. And so we're busy in a different way. And there are days where I have to go back and remind myself that God will multiply my time and I will have the time that I need to get done the things that I need to get done. Uh, And I I really believe that to my core, that if you prioritize that time, God is faithful and he will renew that time for you.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, such a good reminder because you're right that seasons do change. And so I think sometimes, at least maybe in, in my own life, and maybe some of our listeners can relate, I, there was a time in my life where I thought this is just not the season. This is not the season for me to really dig in, especially to do maybe a a longer read or something that was going to require more time. I'll do that in a different season. And the reality is you're right. What is important is what is going to fill our time. And so it was a matter of prioritizing. But then once you got into this, I'm curious about how has it looked as your seasons have changed? Have you changed the way that you study? Have you seen that different seasons have required a different amount of study? Like what does that look like as you've gone through those changes?
1: Both of those things, the way I've studied changes with the seasons and the approach to study in, let me just give you an example of like how long we've spent doing some things. When we first started in the gospels with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we took an entire year. So we took three months to go through each book of the Bible. Slow. That is slow reading. If you use kind of a forest analogy, you are in the forest and you are dissecting the trees. I mean, you are looking at everything in them. And so while we were in the forest, you know, looking at these individual trees, we were by no means... Uh, looking at every single aspect of the tree from top to bottom. And then we've been in other seasons where we'll go through seven or eight books of the Bible in a year, you know, some of those smaller books in different seasons. And so again, it's that beginning, we always begin the, the year with the end in mind of like, okay, what do we want to cover this year? And how fast do we want to go through it? And it's based on a couple of things, you know, the type of literature that it is, we know that the profits are going to be harder for us to read. So we're going to need to spend more time. We know that those like 10 chapters of genealogies, yes, we do not need to spend two weeks going over those genealogies. Like we, we can cover that in a much shorter amount of time. So it's really just, you know, taking a look at things and making the best plan for you. But then at the same time, there are seasons where I was digging deep. I mean, I had every tool out that there was, and I was going, I wanted to get as deep as I could into that particular book or chapter or section. And there are other seasons where for whatever reason, it just doesn't feel like I'm as interested or want to go as deep. And so, you know, it's beyond the surface level shallow, but it's not as deep as I've been before. It's somewhere in the middle. And that used to bother me a little bit. I used to think, man, I'm, you know, I'm not as good as I once was type thing, but I just have to remind myself it's okay. Because the thing about studying the Bible, Shelly is you're never going to be finished. You're, you're never going to get to a point where you wash your hands, you know, you throw them up and you say, I'm, I've done. I have, I have mined the depths of the Bible and I know everything there is to know. Uh, and so just remind yourself of that too. If you're, in a season where you're maybe studying, you know, first and second Chronicles, like we've just been, and it's not as interesting. You might come back a second time. I should use, I should use Leviticus as an example. I love Leviticus now, but I didn't love it the first time that I went through it, you know, and just reminding myself that it's okay to maybe not love something at the time, knowing you're going to come back to it in a different season with a different mindset, uh, with a different plan. And it's going to hit differently the next time.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting that you said that because this morning I was reading a chapter in second Corinthians that I've read before. But there was a certain word that kept coming up in that chapter that I've read it. I don't know how many times. And this morning it was what the Holy spirit needed me to be able to see. And it was just like, it leapt off the page at me. And then I realized that it was repeated like 15 times in the chapter and I had never noticed it, but it happens to be because of the season that I'm in, because what God is teaching me. And that is such a beautiful way to explain the fact that even if you are in a different season where you're taking in less, the Holy spirit is not deterred by that because it is his ability to be able to speak into that, whether it's one verse or, you know, 10 chapters. But I do want to dig into this a little bit of kind of that astronaut view versus kind of the, the deep sea diver view. Cause yeah. I mean, there, there are kind of like two different ways to do this. Right. And I know you're talking a lot about reading, you know, a certain number of books in a year, but you have read the whole Bible in much shorter periods of time. So can you maybe weigh out kind of how to compare the two different ways of astronaut view versus, you know, deep sea diver? Yeah.
1: Yes. I believe in there's two ways to read the Bible. You can read it fast and you can read it slow. Fast is that 30,000 foot view. You know, I say you're flying over the forest and you get to see from one end of the forest, north to south, east to west, how it's all laid out. And that gives you the, the big picture of the Bible and how everything ties together. And that's a, I call that a fast reading because, you know, you're just going to fly over it. You're not going to spend a lot of time, you know, inside it. You're just going to fly over, see it, see the layout of the land. And it's beneficial. And like you mentioned, uh, I've read through in short periods, I have made it a goal to read through the Bible in 40 days, at least once a year. And I usually finish my year. And so I'm right in the middle of that while we're recording this episode. But then there's also slow reading, which I 100% believe in. And it's, it's actually not even reading. It's more like study because you're getting, now you, you've got the layout of the forest. You're going to go in with the idea of, you're going to look at the individual trees. So the individual trees would be like the books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus numbers. Once you get to that tree, you're going to climb up in the branches and you're going to inspect the chapters of that book that you're in. And then you're going to go out and you're going to shake the leaves. And those are the verses, you know, you're really going to get out down into the nitty gritty. And that takes time. You can't, And just fly over, you know, and get into the branches of all the trees. And once you feel like you've got what you need out of that tree for that season, you're going to climb down and you're going to go to the next tree and you're going to start the process all over again. And I think that the best way is to combine fast and slow. You've got to read fast so that you have kind of the lay of the land. And then you've got to get in there with your microscope and, and your, you know, all of the tools that you need to really dissect it and, and take it apart and understand it in a way that helps you next time you go back up and you're at 30,000 feet, you can say, Oh, okay. I see how this tree over here in the Northwest corner ties to this one over here
0: in the Southeast corner.
1: And it's yeah, like, "Ah, oh, okay. I'm starting to get it.
0: Such a great analogy because I'm imagining, you know, doing the flyover, you know, initially, and then you land and you're on the ground. And I think that is such a great way to also be able to help you manage the uh, interpreting scripture in light of scripture. So the more you're able to combine the two, the more it does connect into that big scripture, the whole narrative of the whole story. So you're, you're mentioning some about tools. You've said that a couple of times. So I'm curious about, you know, do you just Sit down and just open your Bible, Sarah, and just like start praying that the Holy Spirit just illuminates (laughs) or are there other additional things that you, you like to bring in to kind of help you in the studying particularly?
1: This is a really good question. And I'm a student and I'm a learner by nature. I love to have all of the things that help me learn as much as possible. Uh, interesting enough, though, it's a little bit of spirit led because how I planned this year for where I was going to spend my time studying and kind of my morning routine reading plan was as I was doing my fast reading last year there were certain books of the Bible as I was reading through that I could just feel the spirit. Just, I don't know how to really describe it other than I knew I needed to spend a little more time there. And so I just kept a, just on a sticky note, I just kept the list of those books. And then when it was time to plan for 2021 and what I kind of wanted to get accomplished, I went back to that and was like, okay, here's the books. Funny thing is when I mapped all of those out week by week. It completed the year up until when I needed to start my 40 days, my fast reading again. Wow. So it was a little bit spirit led and it has been so, and I'm doing the same thing now as I'm reading, I'm kind of noting. Okay. And interesting enough, as I've just finished studying Chronicles, reading Chronicles, I'm sensing the spirit saying, you need to stay here a little bit. And I'm like, this is not where I want to stay, but okay. But a couple of things as far as, okay, you're, you've figured out your plan. You, you've got a roadmap for going into the forest and what you want to study. Now, what do you need to have in your tool belt? Here's the things that I would suggest. You need a study Bible. This is going to be one that has you know some notes. I love the ESV version of the Bible. It is a word-for-word translation, which personally, in my opinion, is the best word for word translation for readability and understandability. So an ESV study Bible, they have a great one out there. The other thing I wrote, I wrote some of this down because I don't want to forget some of these things, a good like layman's commentary series. So you can get commentaries that are expansive and thousands of dollars. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about, you know, a five, a three, four, five book commentary series that's written for the everyday Christian. Uh, Warren Wearsby has a good one that I love. It's five sections. And what I love about it is you're not going to spend a hundred pages of a commentary, you know, trying to, trying to figure out what one verse says. He kind of gets to the point and moves on. So it's great for everyday Bible study. Thirdly, there is a book. By Rose Publishing, called, uh, I think it's called like Bible Charts and Timelines or something. I can share the link with you and you can yeah, put it in the group for the Facebook page or for the Facebook group. But it's amazing. But one of my favorites is it's got a fold out timeline of biblical history. And so As you're starting to put all the pieces together, especially if you're a visual learner, you can see how all the Kings fit together between Judah and, and Jerusalem, you know, and Israel and all those things, uh, where are they all fit, where the judges fit and how all the timelines kind of fit together, because probably going to come as a shock to some people, hopefully none of your listeners, but the Bible's not in chronological order. So that timeline is, is super helpful for making, you know, helping you as you're in the forest. And then i have a couple online resources that I really love too. I love Blue Letter Bible and you can get it as an app. You can just use it online and it's got commentaries. It's got just so many things. If you love original language things, you can get in there and you can look at the Greek and the Hebrew. It's got a lexicon. So it's got so many resources. It, it'll give you access to sermons things that you can watch and listen to based on those chapters and verses. It's got study guides really, really helpful. So that was blue letter Bible. And then, We didn't really talk about this, but I also lead a youth group for fifth through eighth graders. And so I loved the resource called dot questions dot org. And you can just go in and type any question in you have and it'll pull up resources that will give you a biblical perspective. And it's always backed up with scripture and the scripture is linked right in there. So you can get everything and it's written where, you know, a fifth grader can understand it. So obviously, if you're a parent or you have kids. When your kids have questions that you don't have answers to, uh, you can go there and look uh, those things up. So those are some of my favorite resources that I
0: use probably almost every time that I sit down to study. Those are super juicy. I cannot wait to put those in the comments because I know that everybody is going to want these. So (laughs) those will be in the podcast notes as well as on the cultivate Facebook group for sure, because I know that you guys are going to want to get your hands on that. So Sarah, you've mentioned several times about kind of an online study. What are you doing now to be able to support others who are wanting to study God's word? Do you lead a Bible study? Are you still kind of doing it with your friend? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, my friend and a few of us faithful uh, are still doing ours. Uh, We kind of have just set that aside as something that we're doing on our own. We've we've been through so much and we're, we've got kind of got a rhythm. It's hard. We've tried to bring people into that, but kind of putting some, somebody in the middle of something like that is hard. This is really interesting that you asked this question, Shelly, because this is something I'm thinking about a lot moving into 2022 is I would love to do more Bible teaching. Uh, right now I've been doing a lot of equipping in this sort of thing of like helping people find resources, but I'm finding that I love to teach. I love to just take all the things that I've learned and share them. And so I really am looking for ways to, of doing that more intentionally and more purposely. I share a ton on my Instagram and my Instagram stories, but I really am looking forward to what the Lord has in store for 2022, as far as being able to teach and share, you know, Nancy Guthrie, I don't know if you guys know Nancy Guthrie, but she's a great Bible teacher. And she says that we, we take in so that we can uh, share and pour back out. And I love that. And so I'm, I'm looking for ways in the future that I can do more of that. And hopefully it looks like some online Bible studies. Uh, hopefully it looks like some in-person Bible studies in my own community, and then hopefully maybe a women's retreat. And so, yeah, nothing is nailed down for sure, but definitely on the radar.
0: That's amazing. Sarah, you clearly are a gifted communicator. I have been able to be a recipient of your teaching also in other contexts and truly so excited to be able to see maybe how God allows you to use your experiences through learning how to study his word and then equipping and then teaching others how to do that. Super, super exciting. I have one last question though, if you could Rewind to back when your children were little and maybe even like before your friend reached out and invited you to Bible study and tell yourself anything back then when you were longing to study God's word and just didn't know how, what would you tell yourself way back then?
1: I think I would tell myself to maybe get over myself just a little bit. And what I mean by that is I think I thought I could screw it up you know, I think I thought that I could do it wrong. And while there definitely are more effective ways to study the Bible and there are better resources, you know, not every resource on Google is a good one. So, you know, I don't think that I trusted that the spirit would do the work. And I was just talking about this on Instagram earlier today is, as I thought that it had to be all me, that I had to do everything. And I kind of discounted the work that the spirit would do. I just did what I was, called to do and faithfully picked up the word every day and let the spirit transform my mind and my heart. And so I think that's what I would tell myself is you can't screw this up. You're going to get better over time, but you're not going to
0: screw it up. That's such good advice because I think the starting can be the hardest part because we do get in our heads and we do look at it as performative of there's a right way for me to do this. And if I can't do it perfectly, well then, and, and that negates the power of the Holy spirit. And I'm how grateful I am that the Holy spirit is powerful enough to be able to really speak through to that. And so I love that encouragement. Just start just start. And so thank you, Sarah, so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you for sharing your story and your experience and for your encouragement and goodness, this list of resources, I will put those in the show notes. Cannot wait for everybody to get their hands on that. And I am so excited for people to be able to connect with you also on Instagram. Y'all go follow Sarah on Instagram. She shares a lot of really helpful resources there and just encouragement to discipline yourself, to pick up God's word faithfully every single day, and then to watch God work through that. Thank you, Sarah, for being here and for sharing. Thanks, Shelly. This has been so fun and a joy. Thank you so much for listening today. My prayer is that this episode today has encouraged you that wherever you are, wherever God has you walking, whatever season you're in, you can make an impact that will one day lead to a legacy impacting generations to come. If you would like to learn more about Cultivate and how you can continue making an impact in your home and in your business, you can check us out at CultivateLegacy.org or follow us on Instagram at Cultivate underscore Legacy.